Is Starbucks engaging guerrilla warfare tactics in an anti-unionization effort? The latest efforts deployed by the Seattle coffee giant have been described widely by the baristas working there as spying. There's another term that I think might be more appropriate, however. Guerrilla warfare. The company appears to be deploying quite sophisticated and coordinated tactics to frustrate the unionization effort on the one hand, and do a charm offensive on the other. Take the example of a store in New York which had just raised the question of unionizing and filed for a vote. An employee of the store was required to attend a company meeting about unionization. The employee was told that the meetings were mandatory, and he duly attended the hotel where it was being held, to find he was the only one attending. There were six Starbucks managers in the room, who spent the next hour explaining in what might be construed as veiled threats, that their benefits could be lost if the vote to unionize was passed, and how much better off they were, under current conditions. I can personally say that I tend to look at things from a pro-business viewpoint. I happen to believe that good business and happy employees are not mutually exclusive. But in this case, it does look like Starbucks is engaging in unethical business practices. For example, sending text messages to employees used to be reserved for emergencies, but now it is being used for the company's propaganda. That's invasive and betrays the trust the workers put in the company when they provided a home mobile number for emergencies. But that's not all the company is doing. They appear to have a coordinated strategy with managers swooping on stores that declare an interest in having a union. As soon as the baristas publicly announced they wanted to have a union, corporate executives swarmed into the stores to try to stop them with threats, promises, store closings and overwhelming pressure, said Richard Bensinger, an organizer with Starbucks Workers United. Even though the store had unanimously voted to unionize, the company increased the voting number from 21 to 46. Illegal? Apparently not, but clearly not how the voting procedure was designed. Because the voting is at the store level, a branch that votes to unionize is then closed, and the employees are transferred to other locations. Some stores that file to hold a vote on unionization are shut to be remodeled, even if they have just had one, or even several remodelings. Those stores with interest in having a union are suddenly sent a flock of managers to assist. But the sentiment is that they are there to spy and find faults that could be used to remove troublesome characters. I don't support all unions but some fill critical roles in balancing power. In the UK, the National Teachers Union, NUT, and in the US, the Union for Librarians, come to mind. But, if anyone was making a case of why unions should exist in modern society, Starbucks is making that case. Brazil is not the only country to suffer from unseasonal weather conditions that have wrecked coffee crops. India too has suffered, not from frost, but incessant rain. In the coffee-growing region of Kodagu, the rain hasn't stopped. November is the coffee-picking season, but many farmers say they can't pick the cherries in the current conditions. Even when they can harvest some of the crops, the cherries are typically laid out in the sun to dry, but of course, this is not possible now. Some have even tried to dry them inside, using wood-burning stoves. The situation is serious enough that ministers have been touring the affected areas and, based on reports from inspectors, are providing financial relief to the farmers. Reportedly, over 2,500 hectares have been affected. The government says they have already provided over $1.73 million as aid, and more funds have been announced, 
which will be made available over the next couple of weeks. As Kenya takes their eye off the UK to focus on the US market, Uganda wants to step in and fill the void. In the UK, tea from Kenya is widely known, thanks to brands building awareness over decades. Arabica coffee, too, from the country, has had a good reputation among the speciality coffee lovers since third-wave coffee took off in early 2000. But ask the public about coffee from Uganda, and you're likely to get a blank face in response. Now the Uganda Coffee Development Authority, UCDA, wants to change that, and the British High Commission to Uganda, Kate Airy is on board in helping expose the country's coffee to the UK market. Kenya has for years been predominantly selling into European countries. Germans love Kenyan coffee so much so that they were the biggest customer, drinking their way through 9,994 tons of the country's coffee between 2018 and 2019. The UK, meanwhile, lurked around the bottom of the export table with about 1,019 tons, while the US came in a respectable third place with 6,629 tons. But following a successful campaign at the Speciality Coffee Association Symposium in 2018, demand in the US for coffee from Kenya accelerated, and the positions of Germany and the US have reportedly changed, with the US now holding the top spot, with orders of 9.1 million kilograms. Checking Kenya's Coffee Directorate website, they still show the statistics from 2018 to 2019, so it's hard to confirm, although the report seems credible. Uganda, Africa's biggest coffee producer, of mostly Robusta, followed by Ethiopia, now wants to seize the opportunity to fill the gap left by Kenya in the UK, and for its part, the UK seems eager to help. In a canny move by the UCDA, the deal will involve Uganda selling direct to the UK, allowing it to retain its label of origin and presumably, ensuring the coffee is not blended with other origins. We reported recently that this was a sore point with Hawaiian coffee, and Kenya doesn't control their origin labels since the coffee is sold at auction. Uganda no doubt hopes that by labeling their country of origin, they can help improve awareness among consumers. In 2021, Indonesia will import almost 1,060,000 kg bags of coffee. Despite tea being the most popular beverage in Indonesia, coffee has increased in popularity in recent years. The country's denizens will often buy Robusta coffee, which is priced lower than Arabica, and source much of it from Vietnam. However, Beans from Vietnam's current 2021-22 harvest are still pending arrival as rains in key growing regions have disrupted crops. Traders active in the area said prices are stable at around $1.75 to $1.85. Currently, the rains are more of a nuisance in hindering picking, but if they continue through to December, there is a chance it could damage the crop.